Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on October 17th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. This segment of the South Bay Show is brought to you by Your Actualized Visions. A local advertising agency, Your Actualized Visions offers all your advertising needs under one roof. From logo design, business cards, banners, and signage, to online services such as website design, SEO management, promotional videos, reputation management, and loyalty promotions, you name it and Your Actualized Visions will handle it for you on time and under budget. Built on the needs of their clients, Your Actualized Visions is competitively priced and economical, saving you money and greatly enhancing your bottom line. At Your Actualized Visions, customer service is all local with one point of contact. No more dealing with robo-answering machines, getting the runaround, or speaking to someone (coughs) in another country. Your Actualized Visions understands your hyper-local advertising needs and focuses on bringing you real clients. They do not buy likes, followers, or fake results. Your campaigns are real, built with real community followers who want to purchase your services and products. The only thing standing in the way of your company's success is you now picking up the phone right now and calling your actualized visions at 310-413-8773. To learn more about what your actualized visions can do for you and your company, visit the website at youractualizedvisions.com. Your Actualized Visions, your dreams today, not someday. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. We'll talk about in the South Bay Show, and of course, I'm known because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you? I am, I am doing well this morning, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful too. Uh, two, two more days before my wife gets back. <laughs> oh, you're still on your own, huh? And, I'm still and you, on and my you're, own. And you're, you're alive. You're, yes. I'm just curious. How, <laughs> how much, how much weight have you lost? Oh, Oh, I feel wonderful. I mean, uh, you know, she bought a couple of boxes of, of burritos for me. I, I'm, I'm fine, Jackie. I'm okay, not all right. Thank you. Make sure you're get, getting through it until she gets back. So did yes. you see this morning's weekend guide? Did you have a chance to look at it yet? Just glanced at it, yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Okay, so you know that Halloween now, it, it's its own season. There's a season <laughs> now for Halloween. It's not just right. one day. It's not just right. one day anymore. Uh, events started last week. Last weekend, they had pumpkins in the park in Hermosa, uh, right. a couple other things. This weekend, there's a ton of big events this weekend, all right? This weekend. Mm-hmm. At, we, haven't, we haven't even gotten to the Halloween week, and there's all this stuff going on. Um, a lot of big events, um, and I think every one of them is, is uh, benefiting, you know, a worthy cause. Uh, right. I know that um, – uh, the big Halloween ball that Chef Schaefer puts on every year. This year they're benefiting uh, the El Camino College Foundation. We had them on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, There's a, a new thing in El Segundo. It's Twisted Tales Haunted House uh, that they're mm. doing at the rec center, and that's going to be a big deal. And that's not a one-day thing. That's going to run for several weeks. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a ton of stuff starting this weekend. So, you know, you got if you don't have your costume yet, you know you're in trouble. You gotta, you gotta get on. You gotta get on that now. So, um, right. yeah. So a lot going on, and then of course, once we get to actual Halloween, uh, you know it's gonna be unbelievable. So, Halloween, Halloween. It's bigger. It's bigger. It's it's been reported now for the last couple of years that Halloween people right. spend more money on Halloween festivities than they do during the entire holiday season. If you can imagine that. Hmm. I. It, you know. It's. Uh... Never been a huge uh, holiday at our house, but um, we certainly enjoy the trick-or-treating. Uh, it's going to be on a Thursday this year, so that should be fun. That should be fun. 
Oh, I, I love it. I've always loved it. I, you know, I'm all about the costumes. You know, I, right. I, I love doing the costumes. I, I, you know, I love all that stuff. Uh, I, I especially love it when nobody recognizes me. I like a lot of my costumes. I'll, <laughs> I'll go like as a man. You know, so they don't uh-huh. even, you know, they don't even know that I'm a woman. Never mind recognize me as a person. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's a lot of, fun. it's a, it's a ton of fun. So <laughs> yeah, so Damn get it. ready. <clears throat> all right. It's, it's coming. Yeah. I can't wait to see the the big reveal when we find out who you're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is this is a tough one, Jackie. I think uh, in the pre-show uh, interviews, I, I indicated that I wanted to basically talk about the what do they call them the the, the clay heels of the South Bay, wonderful place that we live and we love it here. And it's a great place for families, which is why uh, many people move here and many people stay here because of the wonderful place it is to raise a family and to raise children. It's safe. It's clean. It's obviously beautiful, but we are just people here in the South Bay and there are you know, people have issues, and and one of the issues that they have, you know, is 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 uh, problems with their marriages and their relationships, and and sometimes that can turn uh, turn ugly. And we're going to talk about that today. It's it's um, I don't know if you've ever uh, encountered that in in neighbors or or friends, Jackie. Oh. Geez, I grew up in an Italian Irish neighborhood. Everybody was always screaming at everybody else. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, it's yeah. how it's how we talk. <laughs> <clears throat> Jackie, who are our guests today? Okay, so we have a returning guest this morning. This morning, uh, Roger Van Remen from the Richstone Family Center, and his associate Juliet Stid, Senior Clinical Director at Richstone. Now, Roger is president and CEO of the Richstone Family Center, an organization dedicated to the prevention and treatment of child abuse. His responsibilities include securing revenue from the private sector as well as government. In addition, he ensures that Richstone provides products and services in support of the needs of the community. Um, He has a rich background in marketing and advertising, uh, and he has extensive experience working with nonprofits and currently serves as trustee of the Vincent Trust, which supports educational programs on the island of Maui. Now, in addition, Roger is on the executive board of Think LA, the Los Angeles Advertising Association, and he is a native of the South Bay. He graduated from the University of Southern California and lives with his wife in Manhattan Beach. Now, Juliet Stid is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a graduate of Loyola Marymount University and has been practicing for over 20 years. Juliet currently oversees the clinical services at the Richstone Family Center in Hawthorne, where she's worked for nearly 20 years. She has spent a majority of her career working with victims of abuse and is passionate about bringing mental health services to those who would otherwise not be able to access it. In addition, she teaches at California State University Long Beach and sees clients in private practice. Now, Joe, as you, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I'm going to mention it. October mm-hmm. is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and that's going to be our focus this morning. Juliet, Roger, welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Oh, it's always Thank good to be with you guys. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we have many celebrations. Mostly, when we when we when we talk to you, Roger, it's it's always a celebration of of bringing sanity to a, a, a family's life, uh, bringing safety and uh, support to a family's life. But um, you know, when we're talking about domestic violence. What what are we talking about, Roger? What what are well, the the numbers? Let, let me let me describe the numbers in a way in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, you know, probably it's very tough to do it on radio, but if everybody would close their eyes and silently count to nine, uh, every nine seconds there's a new case of of domestic violence reported in the United States. Every ten seconds there's a new case of uh, child abuse reported in the United States. So that, that's how severe uh, our problem is. And, and then when you look at statistics that are given to us from the Department of Children and Family Services, we find that the area that we serve 
um, from, say, Torrance, San Pedro, all the way into the South Bay, Hawthorne, that predominantly what we'll find statistically we have a higher rate of, of domestic violence and child abuse. So that, that really kind of gives you a large picture. Uh, you'll find there is a, there's a direct correlation uh, between child abuse and domestic violence. And uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so happy that we've got Juliet here today because she really is our expert on, on, on bringing this together and then finding solutions to, to these problems because we look at it and, and we define it as, first of all, we want to do therapy, and that creates a, a short-term solution, but the longer-term ter- solution is providing prevention programs. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I would say on a, on a big picture, that, that's kind of where we stand. We want to make sure that every child or adult that walks through the doors of Richstone has a chance for a productive and a healthy life. Right. There are many perspectives on domestic violence or family violence, and one of those perspectives, sadly, is that it's only people that have, you know, that are struggling financially or lower middle class or or basically people that, you know, you know, don't live on my block, wherever mm-hmm. my block is, Roger. Why is that so terribly wrong? Well, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have Juliet uh, step in here for a second because okay. she knows firsthand, okay. and I, I can okay. think of cases, and I'm sure Juliet, you you can too, of uh, of cases, you know, in the South Bay, whether it's Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, it it, it is something that just isn't centered around low income. Uh, Juliet, you want to okay. step in? Yes, I think, you know, there's a lot of stigma around domestic violence and and I just think so many people do not want to admit or acknowledge that it's something that is occurring in their families or in their households Um, what we know is that you know we have all of these statistics of how often it occurs but there's also statistics that say that 55 percent to 95 percent of women who've encountered domestic violence don't even report it. So what we know is that we have no idea actually how often it occurs. We just know it's far more likely than we're aware of. And we know that it crosses all lines, all Hmm. social economic status, racial, gender. I mean, it it really – is not specific to any one culture group. Um, and so I think that in certain areas, though, we, because it challenges our um, standing in the community or the perception that our neighbors have of us or other family members, people tend to keep it quiet. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's why it ends up being such an underserved issue. Well. Wow. Um, just, just, you know, uh, Jackie. Joe, I just want to jump in a second. You know, what you were saying about how it's perceived that um, domestic violence, child abuse, it's perceived to happen in, in lower income families. You know, mm. in this day and age, I can't believe that anymore because, especially in wealthier areas, you know, the Beverly Hills and, uh, you know, Palo Altos and and other nice neighborhoods, there's a lot of pressure on people to keep up with the Joneses, Mm. you know, getting your kid into the right preschool. You know, it's not just college anymore. You know, people, people, people are vying to get their kids into specific programs so they can say, oh, my kids go, go to this school or my kids studying this or my kids doing that. There, there's a lot of pressure um, it, when you're dealing with in, with that level of society. So, so yeah, I, I personally don't think of it in terms of a lower income issue anymore. I, I mean, we mm-hmm. all saw what happened during, during the Great Recession, right, 2008, 2009. I mean, people were losing their homes. You know, people mm-hmm. had to pull their kids out of private school. That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Juliet, does that does that jive with what you what you see? 
Well, sure. It's, you know, and we, it's just a different kind of pressure. So I think people assume um, if you're from a, a lower socioeconomic status, you know, your the pressure is, do we have enough food? Do we have enough, you know, basic resources? Other families are also feeling immense pressure and other families also deal with things like substance abuse and, you know, so I think that's why sometimes you'll see with these issues, there are other factors that also Uh. bleed into it. Um, Child abuse, substance abuse, um, mental illness, you know, mental illness doesn't, isn't specific to any one group either. And that sometimes can impact uh, domestic violence. It, it, domestic violence could be a symptom of something else, you know, of uh, a, a, a family member who's mentally ill and um, lacks the ability to manage their anger. Um, so it, it could be a, a whole host of things. Um, and I mm. think that's why, as you pointed out, you know, that, that it really can cross all lines and happen literally anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you my quick two cents on it. And this is kind of like what I call my mother, mother's research. Uh, the other day at Richdome, uh, I'm walking out of my office and I'm looking into the driveway, and there sat a, a Lamborghini. Okay, well, that person mm. in the Lamborghini had pulled up because they were going in for services. So, mm-hmm. so to answer the question, it, 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 it answers. Uh, it's a situation that handles from, uh, bot- to, uh, from bottom to top. Right. So when, when we talk about such a, you know, a, a subject that people don't want to talk about in families, then, you know, how can acquaintances and just, you know, neighbors, high neighbor, uh, can they talk about things like this? Um, so, and we have no real visibility into the numbers because of the underreporting, Right. Uh, which is, you know, uh, a classic symptom of this kind of of uh, issue. What can we do? Um, how can we address this? How can, uh, as a community, we engage with it? And uh, how can law enforcement help when no one wants to really, you know, have it known? I think I think one of the ways is as we talk about there's one you you deal with therapy, uh, but also you uh, you deal with prevention programs, and and getting the word out and and providing programs in the community that will create awareness uh, of the issue. My God, uh, we we are we are so fortunate and blessed to have great partnerships with uh, the LA County Sheriff, uh, the Hawthorne Police Department, um, uh, a variety of different resources that are, are constantly uh, using our services and calling us as they're out there in the community. But, but providing prevention programs and, and getting the awareness out, I think, is a key thing because mm-hmm. then people become aware of it and, and opens the doors for conversations, um, and, and that's a healthy thing. And I think Juliet, I think agree? one of the things yeah. I I definitely agree. And with regard to prevention, you know, we're we're really so one of the things we're trying to do is just get conversations going out in the mm-hmm. community. We, we're doing workshops and presentations, and we want people talking about it because mm-hmm. I can tell you out of probably nine out of ten women that I interview, and I ask them if there's any history of domestic violence in their relationship or in any of the relationships they've had, they will almost always say no. But if I start asking really specific questions um, about, you know, has your partner ever broken your belongings? Has your partner ever Mm -hmm. prevented you from, you know, leaving the house or getting a job or speaking to your family or, you know, these, these other types of abusive behavior, not giving you access to money, um, making you participate in sex when you didn't want to, things like that. So many of them say, oh, well, yeah, that happens. But, you know, I mean, like he doesn't punch me in the face or, you know, and so Mm -hmm. the perception of domestic violence is that it's this thing where, you know, and it could be, Men and women can both be victims, but we tend to refer to women because they're more likely 
to be victimized, but you know, they have this perception that there's a woman with a broken arm or a broken nose or and, and that is <clears throat> domestic violence. But domestic violence is can have, you know, a major control aspect, a major financial aspect, sexual aspect, all of these different <laughs> things that I think a lot of people don't um think about. And so we're trying to just get conversations going with adults in the community, but we're also <laughs> trying to get conversations going with young people in the community um, because we know that the rates of teen dating violence is are they're also very high um, and and then we found that having these conversations in high school is even too late so now we're we're building healthy relationship programs that we're taking into middle schools and elementary schools to start teaching kids at a really young age how to respect others, how to respect themselves, how, you know, what are the dynamics of healthy relationships to even, because we realize prevention has to start so early before hmm. a lot of these behaviors um, become a little bit more solidified or easily accessible for someone. Mm-hmm. Are we um, Juliet, are we in a in a place now? Do you think as a as a we'll just I just want to ask the question about the broader national conversation. Is this something that can even be started or talked about on a national level, or is it always going to be local, local, local? You know, I think it's it's a very important conversation to have nationally because it 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 literally impacts. Not just you know, well, not just nationally, but the whole world. Um, mm. But I think sure. I think nationally, it's it's really important because I think people don't understand what a connection it has to other things. You know, when you look at um, revenue loss, when you look at how many people have to miss work um, mm. because of domestic violence related injuries, or when you look mm-hmm. at how many social workers have to intervene. Um, Mm. into families where there's domestic violence or the medical costs alone with regard to domestic violence or the investigation Mm. costs Mm -hmm. alone. I think, you know, while statistics vary, there's, we know that there are probably about three women a day that are dying at the hands of their partner. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you look at incarceration costs. So, so it's actually, not just a social issue, it's a huge economic issue. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it really starts to impact a lot of other things. And so I think it is something that um, we really do need to address on a national level. It's it's really a crisis. You're seeing large corporations come in and and address this and, and support it, whether, you know, whether it's like Blue Cross or Blue Shield. Uh, mm-hmm. You will find Verizon. You'll find a variety of of, uh, of large, respected corporations uh, getting behind this and trying to create awareness of this. That 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 to me is a very good sign for the long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Long term, we're going to deal with these issues. I mean, I I hesitate to to go here, but I I just want to uh, get your perspective because this is such a Uh, a a wonderful topic for a national stage. You know, automation is hitting every segment of our economy and uh, it's hitting the retail sector. I don't know the last time you were in a McDonald's or uh, many other stores, but they're putting in these automated kiosks for ordering uh, in, in very various places. And, um, you know, there's been some talk about the the experiments that are going on here in California regarding uh, short uh, short haul and long haul trucking with autonomous vehicles. It won't be Ubers that change first. It will be short and long haul trucking, and 30 million Americans derive their direct income from trucking. It's uh, it's 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 scarcely conceivable how our national conversation will deal with um, the economic impact of uh, of uh, autonomous truck 
um, use. So can you talk a little bit about the, the uh, how can we look at this and say, okay, well, we have a plan. It's The plan is in place. Most states or the federal government has a plan in place to to deal with this, but I know they don't. <laughs> right. You're, you're right. I, there is a plan in place. Uh, you know, do we need more investment in this? Absolutely we do. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do not want to shy away from the fact that the government will – will bring support programs from the federal, the state, and the local levels. Uh, right. and, 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 that, and that's good, and it's been growing, and, uh, and that's, that's, that's helping us. Um, the other thing that's helping us on a, on a personal level is if you look at our, where we derive our, our revenue to support the, these programs, uh, over 50% of it comes from, uh, from the public, from the individuals, mm. uh, from mm. corporations. Um, and and the other half or a little almost half will come from government, so it, it takes two. It takes two to make make a difference. Uh, but it, it there is there is a national presence on it. There, look, the government has a tremendous amount of issues that are facing them, uh, and it's our job to uh, to get in in their face to ask for more funds. Uh, so th- that's that's very important. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, I do feel a change happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing we can talk about, Roger, is the the example of Richstone and how that example and what you guys are doing here in the South Bay can be a model for other communities around the country. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk a little bit about the history of Richstone and? and how you've expanded, and, and how you bring together public and private funding. Sure. Um, <clears throat> Richstone started over 45 years ago uh, from D. Richstone, and uh, actually it really got started in Manhattan Beach. Uh, we have mm-hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous. There was Child Abuse Anonymous, and, and they were uh, she had uh, a small little office just in um, – uh, just in Ladera School, which is now part of Grandview, and she, by doing that, uh, she ended up moving to um, uh, to Hawthorne, and one of the board of directors bought a little house for eleven thousand dollars. In the first year in business, uh, we we saw, I think we provided services for fifty children, mm-hmm. um, and then this last year we've provided services to over 3,200 children and families. So we've been growing. Uh, We started as a cornerstone uh, as the child and child abuse, and we've grown beyond that into domestic violence because we have seen such a strong correlation between child abuse and domestic violence. So we've continued to expand, and we see the need in the community to do this. Um, In addition, something that can just kind of Toot our horn. We're just finishing right now a 5,700 square feet addition to our building, which mm-hmm. will provide more services into the community, and and because it's needed. But these services are such that we I, and we should have Juliet talk a little bit about the services about how encompassing they are. Uh, we were we were very fortunate to win a, a, a grant from the Every Child Foundation for a million dollars which gave us the cornerstone to go out and, and create a capital campaign of, of over $2.5 million to build this. But the mm-hmm. whole thing that we've done, and we've gone out to the community, was, was to talk about these increased encompassing services that we've got. And, and, and perhaps, Juliet, you want to talk a little bit about uh, what we've done? Uh, sure. So... You know, just to reiterate what Roger said, because I think it's a good point that we historically have always had a focus on treating child abuse. And at, you know, about 2013, we realized, gosh, when we address the issue of child abuse, we are really only addressing oftentimes one component of what is a greater family dynamic issue. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we really 
recognize we need to broaden our lens and start looking at the other difficulties that these families are having because if we, even if we can get the abuse to stop between the parents and the kids, abuse was still occurring sometimes between the adults in the house and um, not to mention other stressors that they were experiencing. And so we really widened our lens, you know, with with the hope of not just healing children but healing families. And so we recognized that domestic violence impacts a lot of families, and it, it really is also a form of child abuse um, because kids live in an environment where they are intensely afraid um, and feel insecure and unsafe. And so we started building slowly domestic violence um, support programs. And so uh, we have our domestic violence support group for victims um, to come. And not only can they do individual therapy, but they do group therapy, um, which really helps them increase their insight into the dynamics of domestic violence and also learn a lot from each other, build support groups, I mean, build uh, support networks because um, we know that domestic violence, one of the key components can be isolation, Um, either because your partner has isolated you or because you have isolated yourself in shame and and guilt and things like that. Um, So it really helps build support networks. And then one of the things that we did that took our program a little bit further was to add the component for the perpetrator. Because we, again, recognize, okay, if we treat the child, we treat the, the victim of domestic violence, we still have another component of the family that's not being addressed. Mm. Um, and so we created a, a program for the perpetrators and where they come and also do very similar uh, to the victim in that they, you know, learn the dynamics, they learn better coping skills and how to address stressors and and things like that. And and we also recognize that, you know, these oftentimes are not horrible people. These are people that don't have other coping skills and resources internally that they can access. So, you know, we help them build those things in so they can be more present and you know, a supportive contributing member of their family and and community, you know, um, as well. So that's that's in addition to the prevention stuff that I talked about earlier. That's where we're going right now with our domestic violence programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juliet, can I can I ask you how do you get the perpetrators in the door? Is that generally like through the sheriff's department or something where, hey, you either come here or you go to jail type of thing? That's a great question. It Typically, they come through our door because um, the police and or social workers have been called on them. Um, and okay. so while I would really love to say that they all come in happy and willing to obtain that service from us. Um, not not everybody does. Some people are there very begrudgingly and um, not thrilled that they're there, but they need to be there if they want to be able to ha- continue a relationship with their partner or with their children or, you know, every case is different, but very often they come in because they've come to the attention of some governing body um, that there's a serious issue in their home with safety. All right, all right. Hey, Joe, let's do a Mm -hmm. quick station break, and when we come back, I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show, and we have a wonderful show today, a very important show today. We're we're talking about uh, uh, the the, uh, National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and uh, we want to talk more about that. October uh, is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And, and we bring issues like this that have both a, a national and a local, uh, 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 you know, point of view um, every week, every Thursday and every Friday. Every Thursday, it's South Bay Spotlight. Uh, and uh, we talk with one of the leading uh, uh, lights in our government locally or uh, uh, in business world, restaurants, uh, and, and in this in this case, uh, nonprofit uh, 
world with the Richstone Family Center. And then, of course, on Fridays, it's uh, uh, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, where we focus on the community of Manhattan Beach through the lens of our wonderful sponsor, the Manhattan Beach Chamber, um, which we're uh, very proud of being sponsored on Friday by the Manhattan Beach Chamber. Um, the, the businesses and the, the, the issues that Manhattan Beach businesses face. And uh, please join us every week. Uh, share this with your neighbors, share with this with your friends, um, and participate. We'd love to have you. Now, Jackie, let's go in a different direction. Yes, let's go in a different direction. Um, Juliet. Yes. What, if any, effect does social media have on domestic violence that you're seeing these days? You know, it's so interesting that you asked that. I really don't have any statistics on on um, any of that, but I can just tell you from our work um, where social media has been a big issue and a big um, blessing in this area because social media can be a great way to um, raise awareness and and get people knowledgeable and and spreading the word about certain topics. Um, and so I think that is one way when it's been really helpful. Um, the way that social media has been really harmful is I think that it has created an opportunity for people to be abusive to one another. Um, and, and, oh, change, yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, it's really like we, I can't tell you how many times we've had family members come in and say, well, you know, um, the argument prompted because, he got upset with me, and so he posted a picture of me without my clothes on, you know, mm. and so, mm. it's, it, you know, which is a form of humiliation and abuse and things like that. And so, um, you know, we had one case that we were working with, and the woman um, got a call in the middle of the night from a, a ex-boyfriend from many years ago, and he called her at random, and she was asleep, and her boyfriend answered, and he was so infuriated at the call that as she slept, he recorded her sleeping without her clothes on, sent it to this guy to make him jealous, but also sent it to all uh, her family members, posted it on social media uh, to humiliate her as a punishment. So it's uh, so interesting because this, this one tool that we have is incredibly helpful to the cause, but also is being used in other ways as well. Mm-hmm. So it's something there's that no, we're really, it's on our radar. There, there's a law about that. I just saw something on the news about that. Right. I can't remember the term. There's a term for it. Um, when when people take video or pictures of you and post it, there's some, I, I think it's a national law. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know what it's called, but I, I heard something about it on the news recently. Mm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's created a very easy way to vent uh, in inappropriate ways, and as you said you know, earlier, you know we were all laughing. You know, it seems like everybody on social media is so freaking angry all the time. You know, mm-hmm. you you can, you can you know, what was the meme I posted a couple of weeks ago? Um, something about I don't prefer I I prefer grapefruits to mangoes. Me, I I prefer grapefruits to mangoes. Yeah. Some random person says. What? What about bananas? What about apples? You don't like the, all the rest, you know? And and it throws out all. It was very funny, but everybody show some tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, yeah. You put out you put out the slightest thing, just make the slightest comment about something, a preference, and not, you know what you prefer, and and you'll have all sorts of people jumping all over your case. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, I was curious about that. I was curious about the social media effect. <laughs> Does it? I I know what you're saying, Juliet, about it. About it. It's great to get the word out. You know, <laughs> lit, literally, help is at your fingertips now because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, I mean, back in the day, you'd have to pull out the yellow pages, right. and you know, nine times out of ten, you know, there's not a heading for child abuse or domestic abuse in the in, in the telephone book you you wouldn't know where to go um but yeah now 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 you know every resource you need is at your fingertips but uh, you know with the good comes the bad right 
Right. Exactly right. Interesting. I just I just don't know where to go next, Jackie. <laughs> well, uh, Roger, um, t- bring us up to date with all of your all the new stuff happening at Richmond. Bring us up to date with that stuff because the last time well, I saw you, were, you mentioned your addition. Right. Uh, the uh, the addition is very important to us, and and we'll probably have a grand opening. Uh, I'm I'm guessing it's going to be December or January, so we're really excited about it. We've got a very large community room for the community to use. Um, uh, we just had our, our first board of directors meeting uh, in it uh, Tuesday night, which was which was fun. Uh, we have a big gala coming up at the end of uh, February, February 29th. Mark your calendar. Um, we'll be uh, we'll be honoring. Matter of fact, one of our great partners, Connecticut, uh, who's here in the South Bay, and uh, we'll be honoring them. Plus another one who is yet to be named, uh, and it's going to be a speakeasy concept. And and of course our our great our great friend uh, Mike Sullivan and then the L.A. Car Guy family uh, will be at the Porsche dealership again. We've got mm-hmm. our walk that will be coming up uh, at uh, at the end of April. Which is uh, Jackie? I think you've been there, and, and mm-hmm. we always have uh, good support from the community and, and 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 good people. So that's kind of some of the, the big things that are coming on uh, in terms of, of fundraising. We have an angel campaign at the end of the year that we'll be in, involved with, and social media will be a major part of it uh, for a good thing, for a good cause. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I think you know those are the big things. I. I'm wondering if it might be a good idea to talk about a couple of real cases that show you um, the impact of, of domestic violence and child abuse combined together. I, um, I, I could think of one that's, that uh, is a person that we can talk about who's wrote a, wrote a book about, and I think Juliet can probably talk about another one, but I thought it might be a good, a good example to show this is how it works. Um, but but one that that is uh, he's written a book about it and uh, and he's it hits us locally. Uh, there is the actor Victor Rivers, and if you remember mm-hmm. watching uh, the film Zorro, he was Zorro's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was born and raised in Hawthorne, uh, living right right now in Hermosa Beach. Uh, but uh, as he grew up, he was abused, and the kids were abused. And one morning, his father uh, put all the kids in the car and took the mother to a motel room after he had abused her, uh, told her she could not leave the motel room because there was a guy with a gun outside who will kill her. And he took the kids and drove them to Florida and and left her. Mm. Uh, And the kids grew up, and uh, and the neat thing was that, that one of Victor's friends at school father was an attorney and uh and kind of got to know Victor and ended up kind of kind of watching over Victor and did a, and did a very good job so Victor ends up uh going to Florida State uh and becoming an all-American uh tight end played for the mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. uh and uh and, and proceeded to have a very very successful life um he's you know a great athlete a great spokesperson for for domestic violence um, and and it just he's giving back to the community now as as a national spokesperson, but it's an example on how a person went through a situation, uh, and it shows you how child abuse and domestic violence are tied together, and he came through, and so it, it can come through, and and he's been very good. So that's that's one case. There's a book out on it. He he's a great sp- spokesperson for us. He's always at, at the center for us to to uh, talk about it but one of the things he always he, he mentions back in the day uh he was beaten up so bad he went to the the police department and said i i can't take it anymore and he took a shirt off and showed the, that his back had been severely beaten uh and the police said well there's nothing we can do we can just call your father oh. and come and pick you up oh geez. you know yeah yeah so oh. and he goes you know Things have now changed, and and and, and they've changed in you know in a positive way. But that's that's the way society was then, you know. And now it's changed, and so there's some positive things coming out of it. But that's 
that's one case on a national level you could see how it could work. Julia, you, you want to talk any any particular case that can kind of show the correlation between child abuse and domestic violence? Well, I think, uh, you know, we actually have a, a case that a lot of the therapists worked on and originally came to our attention because of child abuse. So DCFS had to intervene, um, realize that there was child abuse going on, but also um, that this family was really struggling and they didn't know the extent to the, you know, that the family was struggling, but they got the kids in therapy. Um, and then through that therapy, we learned a little bit more about the family's struggles and how their home was also being severely impacted by domestic violence. And um, we learned, you know, there were all kinds of family influences, cultural influences, things like that. Um, the family was from another country originally, um, and mom explained to us, no, like, I I know that you guys don't think that that's okay here, but it is where we're from. So we had to really do a lot of really yeah. sensitive work around um, honoring her and her culture and her norms and all of that, you know, we didn't want to disrespect any of that, but we also wanted her to have the opportunity to live in safety um, and have her children have that opportunity as well. So it was a very sensitive dance that we had to do. There were also some religious beliefs, in, you know, intertwined in that. And we really, um, because when we, we know when we come in just – hot, you know, that, that it, it scares off families. So we really wanted to address this stuff in a very, very respectful and honoring way. Um, and ultimately, we were so thankful because the, the, the mom had a therapist. Each of the kids had, you know, um, therapists. The father would not participate. And so it wasn't successful in the sense that we got father in, but it was immensely successful in that this mom was able to muster up enough nerve to move out, move in with a family member far enough away that dad didn't know where they were um, and they could be safe and all this. And, and this family is really, really, really living um, a productive you know, lifestyle now where they feel safe, they feel secure. It doesn't mean they don't have some wounds that they're still working through, but um, just being able to live free from abuse, free from criticism, free from all of these things. Um, Mom had has her first job that she's ever had um, because she wasn't allowed to. Kids for the first time have their hair cut in a way that they like because they were never allowed to, you know, um, daughter got to paint her nails, you know, so things that the family was able to kind of learn more expression for themselves because it was so highly regulated and dictated by, by the dad. Um, and so I'm hopeful that at some point dad will get his own treatment, but um, and that's always our goal for families, but I think that one just highlighted because their their life is so dramatically different than what it was when they walked through our doors. So we were really thankful that we got the opportunity to work with them. It must be very hard for anybody to walk through the doors, you know, the, uh, the fear, embarrassment, you know, humiliation. Uh, it, it's it's scary. It's scary for everybody. But you know, uh, I love what you're doing. Where, where, you, where you guys realize that you, you can't even wait until high school to, to put out your knowledge about this. You've got to start young. You know, you know, life is hard, you know. It's not fair. Life is hard. It's hard enough just to grow into an adulthood and be productive. But nobody tells you how hard marriage is. Nobody tells you how hard it is to raise children. You, nobody tells you. You know, it, it's, it's a white dress. And a big party, and you're going to live happily ever after. It doesn't work like that. Nobody <laughs> tells you that. It's, no, seriously, they've created this big fairy tale. Uh, you know, people ask me, you know, I've been married 30 years. And they're like, you know, what's the secret to your success? I'm like, it's freaking hard. It's compromised. <laughs> you know, it, it, no, it is. It is. It's not easy. You know, <laughs> and, and 
in this day and age, you know, when people are waiting longer to get married, you know, but, but, you know, there's, there's pros and cons with that too. You know, when you're young and ignorant, you can get, that ignorance can get you through a lot of stuff. You don't, you don't know what you're doing, you know. On the other hand, you're older, you're wiser, and all of a sudden you're going to start cohabitating with somebody, and you're like, wait a minute, we don't have the same taste in decor. Or, no, 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 you can't leave the kitchen like that. Or, you, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's hard. And, and mm-hmm. nobody, nobody tells you that. And I can, I can see. I can see how easily people would, would, would be so angry that they lash out physically. Sure. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think you, I think you summed up society in a very good way right now. Um, right. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not easy, folks. It's not easy. Every day is a challenge. Right. No, it, it really isn't. And, and, you know, if you don't have good role models, you know, that's just another mark against you. You know, you mm-hmm. grow up in a household mm-hmm. – where, you know, as I said, you know, jokingly, you know, I grew up in a big Irish Italian family and, you know, our mm-hmm. volume is just a lot louder than most people's, you know, uh, you, you know, that's how we talk, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, what Juliet was saying, which I wasn't thinking about is, you know, religion, you know, you know, different religions have different rules and cultures and um, mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, that, you know, that that's got to be tough, you know, coming from another country you know, where it's okay to behead your wife in that country. We don't do that here. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you, culture is a, is a major challenge, uh, you know, not only for us, for the cases we see, but, you know, for, uh, for city officials, for the police, for the fire department. Cultures, you know, you have to understand cultures, and if you don't, you can go down a wrong path very quickly. And, uh, and and part of it is that we have to keep our education up on the cultures, and you know cultures are are such that they don't want to report anything. They're, some cultures are very hidden right. and, and very quiet about it. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's a it's a major uh, it's a major challenge that Juliet and her team have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, coming back to the South Bay, we're very fortunate to have so many great organizations. You know, working on these and other issues. You know, Rich Stone does so much. You know, uh, do you work? Do you work with Beach City's Health District as well? I know that they have a, a ton of programs. You know, parent-child chat, mindfulness sessions. Uh, you know, you know all of these. You know, dealing with all of the pressures sure. uh, that we that we work with. Yeah, work where uh, I guess we would be considered partners of theirs. Uh, we mm-hmm. certainly. Exchange and support some of the programs that they have. Uh, yeah, they they're very good in the community. Very mm-hmm. good in the community. Well, give us give us some contact information. Um, if if somebody needs help and they want to get in touch, uh, you know, do they just go up and knock on your door? Do they go to give, tell us how 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 people can sure. get the well, help? Sure. Well, you know, certainly, you know, the website, social media. Get on the website and 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 there's. Very easy to get into contact with Richstone. Uh, you know our phone number is three one zero nine seven zero one nine two one, and and the receptionist there can uh, can guide a person into uh, uh, the proper communications channels to, if someone is looking for services. Uh, we that that's available. Uh, probably predominantly most of our referrals will come from the Department of Children and Family Services. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's because a case has been reported. Uh, but we also get referrals from school districts. We we, uh, we partner with school districts all the time and, and, and support them. And certainly, our local police departments uh, are are there for us, and and we're there for them. Uh, so, but you know, our website in three one zero nine seven zero one nine two one, we're there. You're and there. people can walk right in too if they need to. They can just walk in the door, and we'll help them, you know, start filling out some stuff and and figuring out what what services they need. Well, let me ask you something. I don't think Richstone provides housing. How do you work with that? If somebody does show up at your door and and they desperately need help, How, who do you partner with on that? Well, we have oh, a variety. Have you, Julie? You want to talk about some of the partners there that we have uh, that we'll, we'll refer out? Sure. I mean, there there's a lot. Seventeen thirty six and and Rainbow Services. You know, the 
um, they're both located in the South Bay, but also have um, housing outside, you know, so that they're not in the immediate area of the perpetrator uh-huh. or the person looking for them. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely um, have a lot of partners that we get them connected with. Um, and also the way that we have our services is that um, we've got something going on for everybody. So if you walk in the door and you say, I don't even know exactly what I need, um, but I need to get something going quickly, we're going to find that we have so many support groups and programs and workshops and therapy and and everything that that we can get folks going in something pretty quickly. Um, And as soon as we we like to get people connected as quickly as possible, because once we get some eyes on them, we can also figure out how to best support them um, and what their needs are, you know, through that kind of a assessment and connection there. So what should people do for National Domestic Violence Awareness Month? What, what can the general public do during National Domestic Violence Awareness Month? They could write really, really large checks to the Richstone Family Center. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that will, that will, that will give us revenue that we could go hire more clinical people to take care of an increasing problem that's happening in our community. How's that? Okay. That's pretty good. That's why I love Roger. Roger tells I mean, it like it is. Write a check. Roger's Write a check, work people. for the day is done. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a couple checks come in on Roger's recommendation. There you go. He did his there job. There you go. That's it. <laughs> oh, I love that. Write a check, everybody. Write a check to the Redstone family. They do great work for our community. Yes. And yeah. and uh you can you can reach them through their website. You can call them. You can just drop in. You can you need right. help. You, you just just get to their door and they'll help you. Rich richstonefamily.org richstonefamily.org Joe, I feel like we really did a good community service today. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, we we've we've talked about how difficult it is. We've talked about how how you know, underreported domestic violence and child abuse in general is. We've talked about how violence, domestic violence, isn't about hitting and yelling. It can be about, well, I'm not going to give you money to go out today. I'm, you can't paint your nails. I don't want any children of mine painting their nails. There's lots of things that families get into that become walls between family members uh, that it's just it's just a, a conversation we all have to have about kindness. I mean, I, I see these uh, commercials about the new uh, um, uh, movie about his name. What's his name? Mr. Rogers. <laughs> oh. um, what's, what's his full name? Don't even ask me. Okay, fine. But kindness. Everybody knows who Mr. Rogers is. Everybody that's knows right. who Mr. Rogers is. That, that's the same, Mr. Rogers. It, 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 the, 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 the level of kindness in our society can be improved. The level of caring about others can be improved. And these things, you know, are, are, have been with us forever, and they will always be with us. Roger Van Remen, uh, Juliet Stid, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, listen. Thank you so much for having Thank you. us. <clears throat> you guys are so wonderful to uh, to keep us and, and get the word out, and we really appreciate all your efforts. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I, Thank you. I agree with I agree with you, Jackie. This is one of the most important shows we do, and hopefully, this will be shared. Uh, you can share it, ladies and gentlemen, with your neighbors and friends here in the South Bay or anyone anywhere in the world. You can share it. Just send them an email with the link. Thank you for joining us today uh, to the audience. And, of course, thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure. And one other thing, if you see something, say something. Right. That goes for domestic violence, too, not just terrorists, right? Right. That's right. Right, right, right. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have an encore show tomorrow. The great Ryan Steibel, Dr. Ryan Steibel, our local optometrist who actually is – 
an amazing. That was a great show. God, that was yeah. A great show. That's an important show. And anybody, anybody with kids has to take them to this doctor. We learned right. so much during that show. Right. If you have any issues with your eyes or headaches or migraines or or there's so many things that the eyes can affect, uh, listen to the show tomorrow. It's 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 amazing. So thank you. Bye bye everybody. <laughs>